and invite Kay Olson to come forward. She's going to lead us in two scripture readings today. She got a big one today. And if you brought your Bibles with, you could open to the first reading in Romans chapter 15. And the second reading is from Isaiah uh, chapter 11. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfast and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God, for I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles in him, the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of people, or may the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out in his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but what righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live in the lamb, the leopard shall die, lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the, the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well done, Kay. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. So we are in the second week of Advent, as I mentioned earlier. This is a time of waiting with anticipation and expectation of the difference that it will make when Jesus comes into our life. Really, it's something that we should be thinking about often 
throughout the year, but Advent gives us that reminder that Jesus coming into our life should be, should be a very significant reality for us. And particularly during Advent, we go through all these different traits of uh, peace, last week was joy, hope, and love. These are the attributes, the characteristics that the presence of Jesus brings into our life. And so today we're talking about the reality of Jesus bringing in peace and the reason the, the Scriptures speak to this reality. I think we can all acknowledge that peace is hard to wait for. Isn't it hard to wait for? I find it incredibly hard to wait for. The, in fact, the moment that I realize that I'm lacking peace is the same moment that I would like it to come just like that. Just immediately. Like, don't you wish you could just go and look up on Amazon or something like what do I need for peace? You just put it in the search bar. Peace. And then you order it and it's there for you. Just like that. Or you go down to where we go down to the basement to watch TV and you go down to the basement to watch TV and you turn on the, the streaming app, Peace. You just turn it on and everything is just okay. Wouldn't that be nice if peace just came in the moment that you realize you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling anxious or afraid or angry or just worn out, that instead of feeling like you're swimming upstream or fighting an uphill battle, so to speak, that peace could just come in immediately, like most else uh, that we can experience today. Well, what is peace, really? Why does it feel so fleeting all of the time? Why, why do we long for peace within ourselves and outward peace? Peace is this sense of contentness. Ever feel this? A sense of contentness. It's kind of a feeling, but it's deeper than a feeling. It's an inner stillness that things are going to be okay. That I'm okay and things will be okay. Peace does not emerge, but we might think it emerges from this, of a, of a lack of uh, stressors. Like if I just got away from all of my stress, if things were just settled down right now, then I would feel at peace. Actually, no, that's not how peace works. Peace is also not, a, not the same as an abundance of comfort or the act of numbing ourselves through various means. That's not the same as peace either. Otherwise, anyone who is wealthy, if, those were, if that was the definition of peace, anyone who is wealthy, which most of us here today are wealthy by the world standards, if that's how we achieve peace, anyone who is wealthy would experience peace all the time. But I think we already acknowledge that that's not always the case. Actually, the reverse is true. That some people experience more peace despite the difficulty that they're going through. They experience more peace despite the suffering that they're going through, the hardship that they're going through in life. And when they talk about that peace that they're experiencing, that peace that surpasses understanding, it becomes an inspiration to the people around them. Maybe you know somebody like that. Maybe you've been blessed by knowing someone like that. This kind of reality that, that there could be some people in the world who experience peace despite what's happening in their life, that reveals this truth that peace is an inner quality that is actually cultivated or developed, refined, in the presence of whatever it is that's unsettling to us. It's not from avoiding it or having an absence of it. It's that thing that's unsettling to us is right there and our response helps to grow peace within us. Peace is a sense that everything is okay and will be okay, including me, 
and who or whatever I care about. That's peace. Well, that's not overly complicated, right? That's not so complicated. So why is peace so elusive sometimes? Why does it feel like it's so hard to to find peace in life? What prevents peace from developing within us? Well, just think for a second about what takes your peace in your life. Maybe it's things at home with the children or when the grandchildren have stayed a little bit too long and (laughs) you're just feeling a little bit worn out or... Maybe peace is taken from you as you go to the doctor to do the same thing over and over again. Or when something is happening with a family member and you just say, why does this always have to happen? Or when you're wondering, how are we going to pay for this? That, that, that brings a, a, a... It takes our peace. So many different things, so many circumstances or thoughts or attitudes steal our sense of peace. I wonder, what is that for you? Where are you longing for peace to come in? What circumstance or situation in your life are you longing for peace to come in? And I wonder, what are you doing to try and find that peace in some other way? Some sort of numbing or avoidance or bringing more things in to try and change the reality rather than just find that deeper sense of peace. You know, I I was trying to think about this. What steals your all peace? You know, what, what is it? I know what takes my peace. But what about everybody else? And so I've been using a tool called ChatGPT. It's a, an AI, an artificial thing. And it's just like as if you're texting a friend. And I text it, I, I put in there, what steals Minnesotans' peace? Just to try and make it regional. You know what it said? Harsh winters and mosquitoes. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> like, wow, this is, this is good technology, isn't it? This is really good uh, technology. <laughs> it's really simple. <laughs> well, on a deeper level, for most humans, these are some of the things that, that really take our peace if we think about it. Um, stuff like evil. You know, we see evil being lived out or played out in the world, and it, it steals that from us. Injustice or immorality. Corruption definitely steals our sense of peace. We wonder, who can we trust? Persistent stress in our life can can do the same thing. Unresolved conflicts are a big one. And resentments that can come and judgments that we have of other people. It creates this inner conflict that prevents peace from growing. Loneliness. Scarcity. Scarcity is that sense that I don't have enough. I'm not enough. Me and whatever I do, and I don't have enough. There's not enough resources. And we all, we all struggle with that from time to time. And the bottom line of any of these is really uh, what we do with our fear and our wanting to control. We want to have some kind of control in our life, and a lot of that is based on the things we're afraid of, right? And so if we don't respond with peace, a lot of times we respond with some kind of other action, or reaction rather of maybe sometimes anger. We're just trying to stress and, and, and uh, gain control of it, which creates a lot of anxiety because we can't control a lot of things in our life. Maybe you'd agree with that. But lacking that sense that things will be okay, that's the opposite of peace. Is when we're lacking the sense that things will be okay or that I'm okay. That's the opposite of peace. There are no assurances then that I'm okay and that things will be okay. That's the opposite of peace. 
Well, that sounds a lot like the circumstances of this Old Testament prophecy in the book of Isaiah. The book as a whole speaks of the consequences of Israel's rebellion. Israel is just the the people of God and for, for generations they had rebelled against God in forms that we might be familiar with. Idolatry. Seen any idolatry in the world today? You ever see that in your life? They rebelled against God through idolatry, through corruption. Anybody ever see corruption happening in the world? And injustice. And that's something that all of us find ourselves uh, stressed out over. Well, that's what was happening in the world and in, in the kingdom of Jerusalem specifically, but with the Israelite people. And God says that He is going to allow a purifying fire to come in the form of the Syrian kingdom and later the kingdom of Babylon to destroy Jerusalem and exile the, the Israelites to the, Bab- the kingdom of Babylon. That was going to be God's judgment on, the, on His people. Now, it's not so much we can read a text like this and think, well, God is punishing the people and God does these awful things. But really, what, if you think about it, God is just allowing the consequences to play out over a series of corrupt ruler, corrupt ruler, corrupt ruler. They get time and time again to turn back to the Lord and, and try to be faithful in what they're doing and they, they continue to not listen to the prophets. And so God says, well... There are going to be consequences for you and for the nation for not being faithful. And I'm just going to let those play out and it's going to be a purifying fire that's going to come. And so the image that we read in the text is given of a stump. Israel being like a chopped down tree. It's a pretty clear image, isn't it? And the stump will be burned and will be smoldering. So you can envision that, can't you? If you cut down a tree, if you went home and cut down a tree, especially a live tree, and you tried to burn that stump down, it's not going to work very well, is it? I mean, you could even put a huge bonfire around it and it's not going to do much, but it'll be left smoldering. And that's the image of God's people that's presented here in this Old Testament prophecy. That's not exactly good news. It can't get much worse is basically what this image presents. But Isaiah also conveys a message of hope. That despite Israel's unfaithfulness, God would redeem Israel from their rebellion and from their captivity to sin by sending a new king from the line of King David. God says, I'm going to restore what's been broken from from sin and humanity's unfaithfulness. And this new king shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. The text reads, a shoot from the stump of Jesse. From the burning stump, a new growth will come up. Despite everyone thinking that that stump is dead and there's nothing that can be done, a new, a new growth will come up from that stump. A redeemed people under the rule of a new king. And he will be empowered by the Spirit of God Himself. He will have the wisdom and the understanding of God. He will delight in God alone, God alone above all else, which is what all the former kings had failed to do. They delighted in all their riches. They delighted in all their power. And this king, the king that God would send, would delight in God alone. And this king would look beyond the present reality. This king would look deeper than what his eyes see and would listen more intently than what his ears hear. And from this king's reign or rule, peace will grow. Peace is not an instant kind of gratification experience. Peace has grown and under the rule of this king that God sends, peace will grow. 
This is the promise of peace for God's people that emerges from the sense that this king is in charge. This guy is in charge. I don't have to control. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be angry. I don't have to avoid things in my life. This guy is for me, and I'm okay, and everything is going to be okay because this king is in charge and he's close to me. That's peace. That's what our, our souls long for. And at Christmas, we acknowledge and celebrate that this king is Jesus. He is the newborn king. How many hymns speak of this? The newborn king, Emmanuel, God with us. In the promise of his coming, the reality of his being with us can dispel fear and loosen our need for control and as a result can cultivate peace within our hearts. Peace is grown within our hearts. Peace comes from believing that God is present in our lives and that God has the power to save us from captivity. To redeem us. That's peace. But this is a trait that's grown through an active faith. We can't just sit back and say, well, just wait for that day when peace comes. No, that's thinking peace is instant gratification, right? That it will just come when some outward reality changes. No, peace is grown through an active faith, cultivated, refined, shaped within our hearts through belief in Jesus. In the presence of of whatever it is that's distressing to us. So there's the thing that's causing fear and anxiety or causing my mind to go in all kinds of directions. I respond with faith and peace starts to grow within my heart by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. That's an active kind of faith. This is the kind of faith that is empowered by the Spirit of Jesus. And as the Apostle Paul talks about all of this, we gain a sense of how powerful it is. Paul makes a connection with this text that we just read today. He said, the root of Jesse shall come. Remember the new stem, the new growth that's coming from the, the burning stump of the sinful world, really, is how we can think of it. The root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Basically, all the world. It's not just Jews anymore. It's also the Gentiles. All people can find hope in this king. And then Paul goes on to say something that's profound. Think Listen to these words carefully. Paul says, may the God of hope, this doesn't just someone we can hope in, this is literally the God of hope. All hope comes from this God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. All joy and peace. How much joy and peace, Frankie? A little bit? A little? No, all joy and peace. All of it. Meaning the, the little bits of joy and peace that we just settle for in life that we say, that's good. That's pretty good. No, that's not what faith in Christ is supposed to generate within our hearts. Paul talks about this reality of all joy and peace in believing so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not that we just have a little bit and then we still just engage with the world like everybody else does and we just are so anxious and afraid all the time and hiding from the things that are causing stress in our lives. No. No, not just self-medicating because we're not sure if Jesus is really present with us or anything like that. No. We actively live our faith in the promise of the Gospel 
is that our souls overflow with hope. That's a person I'd like to know. <laughs> Amen? Someone who is overflowing with joy and peace and hope. And again, not in some future day, not when all things are right and I just got all my, my finances are good and my work feels good and my relationships and my family are right, then, then I'll experience these things. No, right now. Right now. That's the promise of the Gospel. And notice this word that Paul talks about, that, that Paul uses. Paul uses this word, that you will be filled with joy and peace in believing. An active kind of faith. An active kind of faith. Active believing resulting in our hearts overflowing with hope. Joy and peace are received from Jesus as a gift as we gain a sense of who's in charge. We say, oh yeah, this Jesus, this King, He's in charge. He is for me. He's working in my life. He's present in my life. And our job is to tune in. Remember this? I love this metaphor now. Thinking about tuning in to the Holy Spirit. God is speaking to us through all things, in all circumstances. That's what the Bible talks about all, all throughout the Bible. That God is present in our life, working in our life. And we need to tune in to God's voice. To notice what God is doing in our hearts. And that is not, an act, that is not a passive experience. We need to cultivate Peace. We need to allow space for peace to grow within our hearts. We cultivate peace through an active faith while we wait for Jesus to redeem our lives, to restore the things that are broken, and ultimately restore all of creation because we look around and say, it's not looking good. But we can trust that Jesus is working to restore all things. And we can cultivate peace through practices in spite of hardship. So again, we see the thing that is causing us distress, that's causing us fear or anxiety or worry or wanting to, to give us the, lead us to just taking a step back and saying, I'm not going to worry about it. Instead, we see what's distressing us and we respond with faith through practices like praising God in all circumstances. That's another word for worship or another way of describing worship. We worship here, but we also carry our worship into all of life. Something good happens in our day. Thank you, Jesus. You are the King of my heart. You're the Lord of all creation. Something bad happens. Thank you. This is hard. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for this reminder that life is hard, but yet you are still in control. Teach me to, to lean into this moment. Uh, we can cultivate peace by taking ownership of our thoughts and feelings, of our inner world, of thinking about why, why do I respond this way? You know, why when someone is upsetting me, why do I just choose to go and talk about them rather than do the hard thing and go talk to them? Or why do I choose to self-medicate in whatever way your favorite way of self-medicating is? But we all do it, by the way. <laughs> We all do it somehow, some way. You know, taking ownership for those things. Your inner world. No one else can do that for you. No one else can take charge of your inner life but you. That's a way that we can cultivate peace. It's really the first step in any kind of deeper growth with Jesus and growing in Christ-likeness. We can cultivate peace by learning truth through God's Word and through worship and being encouraged by it. 
We can cultivate peace by supporting and upholding one another in, in everyday life. The Apostle Paul talks about bearing one another's burdens. But that comes just through meaningful relationship with one another, which, by the way, is getting harder and harder. People are less interested in forming depth of relationship. It's hard. We're busy. It's hard to be vulnerable. All those things. But if we continue our end of actively believing, Christ will redeem our lives and circumstances and eventually creation. The result of believing this and having an active faith in, in spite of whatever is hard in our life right now, the act of believing this is peace grown within our hearts. That's the promise of the Gospel. That's the promise. Well, let me ask you again, where are you needing God's peace in your life? What particular area in response to what stressor could be anything. could be something on the world scale. could be something in your workplace. could be something in your family life. It could be an old habit that's dying hard. It could be your response to something that, that just continues to happen and you just can't seem to get a sense of what do I need to do to change? Where are you needing God's peace? Only you know that. If we can acknowledge where we're needing God's peace and say, Lord, help me to know that you are in charge, that you have the power to redeem, to change, to restore the things that are happening in my life. If I can believe that in the face of whatever it is that's distressing to me, peace can grow within my heart. Believe that today? That's the truth of the gospel. That's the promise. That's the hope. You know what it reminds me of? This is a little bit more relatable example. It reminds me of this really practical situation where I had felt like I really made a mess out of my life and I came to the end of my, <laughs> came to the end of my, sorry Garnan, going a little long. <laughs> She's the cue. <laughs> really got to a dark place and I was hiding from things in Madison where I had failed out of school twice and I didn't even have a car at the time so when I had decided I can't live like this anymore, I had to walk a half a mile to a payphone and call someone who had power in my life, power that I did not have. I didn't know what else to do, where else to turn, and I felt like this is not how, how I expected my life to turn out. I needed redemption. I needed some sort of restoration. And so I walked a half a mile to the payphone, because that's what you had to do back in the day to call long distance, is punch in the numbers. And I called my mom. And that was hard for me, not because of anything with my mom, but just because I knew that what I needed to tell her was, I can't stay here anymore. I just have to get out. I'm captive. Please, can you get me out? <laughs> and that's a hard moment. Can you think of a hard moment when you realized you were wrong and that you'd been living wrong and then you had to change it and let other people know? <laughs> that's not easy. But I called my mom and she said, I'm coming to get you. And she had the power. She took her truck and the, the trailer and she could have told me, well, you made this mess. You sit in it for a little while. She didn't do any of that. And she came down to get me and I had to wait a couple days for her to come. And while I was waiting, see the tie-in with Advent? While I was waiting, knowing that now she's in charge and she's coming to me, I felt peace. It's still messy. <laughs> Things are still going to need to get sorted out and I had a long ways to go. 
but because someone was coming from a place of power into my brokenness, and I knew that she could do something about it, I felt peace. And that's the promise of the Gospel, that Christ is coming to us despite our brokenness, despite our unfaithfulness, despite our inability to change what we want to change in our hearts. Christ is coming to us. He's always coming to us. Now, the thing that my mom did not have power over was my, my needing to be freed from my captivity to sinful nature, to all those uh, unhealthy behaviors that I had learned in response to all my fears and anxieties. It would take me six more years from that day to meet the one who could save me from that, who could free me from the captivity to sin and uh, my sinful nature. Friends, oftentimes in life, we're waiting for peace. We're just waiting for it. We just want it to come so badly. But with Jesus, peace can return more quickly within any circumstances. We place our faith actively in Him. Peace is cultivated within us as we actively believe in His nearness to us, His love for us, His character, and His reign, His rule. Jesus is the Redeemer who grants us the gift of peace while restoring what is broken in life. Amen. I'd like to give us about 30 seconds or so to sit with God in silent prayer and to reflect upon a few different things. What is it that's stealing my peace? What is it that's causing me great fear and anxiety and worry? And how do I typically respond to that? And then instead, let's ask God together to give us the faith to lean in and to let God refine our character and our faith through that stressor. Let's sit with Christ together. Jesus, uh, the most inspiring examples of lived lives are those who find peace and hope and joy, love for humanity and life itself in spite of their suffering, in spite of the presence of evil, in spite of injustice or hardship or struggle. God, as we look uh, to you and who you are today, we acknowledge that you are the one who grows peace within our hearts. That we can read your scriptures, that we can be reminded of who you are and to, to know and to trust that you are in charge. That you are near us. Not just at worship, not just at Christmas time, but always. 
And when we turn to you within our struggle, within the stress, within the anxiety, you will refine our hearts and you will make room within our hearts and our inner world for peace to be grown. So Jesus, would you give us the grace to see what we need to see, ears to hear what we need to hear. Help us to acknowledge what maybe could change in our lives and to also hear your voice of speaking peace and comfort and hope into our circumstances. Jesus, we pray all this in your name and we pray 